You are listening to Insights, produced by the University of New South Wales Law Society, a podcast dedicated to bring you an insight into law school, the legal profession, and legal issues. The production team would also like to show our respects and acknowledge the Bedigal people, who are the traditional custodians of the land, of elders past and present on which this podcast is made. episode is sponsored by Herbert Smith Freehills, a leading global law firm with 25 offices around the world, and a vision to be a community of exceptional people committed to perform outstandingly in different roles. During the episode, we will also refer to Herbert Smith Freehills as HSF or Freehills. The firm has achieved Band 1 Chambers recognition in various practice areas, including international arbitration and corporate and M&A. HSF has also a wide range of initiatives spanning pro bono legal services, community partnerships, sustainable business practices, and business and human rights. HSF Sydney recruits summer clerks every year for a 10-week program, December to early February. During the program, clerks will rotate through two different practice areas and assist teams with delivering real work for key clients, assist with research tasks, draft documents, and client communication, and attend meetings and court hearings. Attend workshops and presentations covering all of our practice areas, including legal skills, DNI, and pro bono initiatives. Have the opportunity to participate in pro bono and firm culture initiatives through our diversity networks, LGBTI, Ability, Multicultural, Gender Equity Matters, and Veterans Networks. And contribute to ongoing innovation projects through our Innovation Lab program and network with solicitors and partners from across the national firm. For this episode of the podcast, we have invited Leon Chong, a partner in Herbert Smith Freehills Disputes Group, and Amelia Lockland, a solicitor in the Disputes Group. Leon is an experienced litigator and arbitrator with particular expertise in alternative dispute resolution processes and international disputes. He is a director of the Australian Centre of International Commercial Arbitration, a counsellor and vice president of the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators Australia, Australia's leading international dispute resolution bodies. His practice at HSF includes commercial disputes, regulatory investigations, international arbitration, and providing strategic advice to boards and high-profile individuals. He is listed as a leading lawyer in litigation, alternative dispute resolution, and regulatory practice in Best Lawyers Australia, and a preeminent arbitration lawyer in Doyle's Guide. We are also joined by Amelia, a graduate of UNSW Law School and a fellow at the Gilbert and Tobin Centre of Public Law. During her time at UNSW, she was an editor of the UNSW Law Journal, a legal researcher at the Judicial Commission of New South Wales, and a research assistant for Professor Rosalind Dixon. A huge welcome and thank you to Leon and Amelia for joining us today. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for having us. What is a skill or talent that you'd most like to learn? For me, I find myself stuck in conversations at the moment and I'd like to know, at least to pretend to know how to talk about cryptocurrency and make my fortune um, in Dogecoin. And the next one is, how do you balance your work in private life? 
I think it's important to set clear, clear priorities. So even we've just had a busy period um, with a trial, which has been quite full on in terms of the workload. Um, but I think it's important just to be clear to yourself things that you absolutely want to go to, for example, family events or commitments that you have, and just make sure that you, you prioritise those. Maybe you can't do everything that you would otherwise do, but if you, ha you have it really clear to you what's important um, and make that work, then I think you just need to make sure that you enforce those those priorities. Yeah, I think it's a, it's important to be um, very quite quite planned. I think because if if you mm. sort of not planned, it can can be a bit tricky. Um, so looking back on your student days, is there anything that you would have done differently at uni? I um, was hyper involved at uni, as I think you guys saw from looking at my um, some of these things you read out before. And so I was involved in lots of societies and I um, worked really hard at uni. And I'm very grateful for all those things because they, kind of, I think, got me here. But I also wish that I had more fun and relaxed a bit more because now I'm working quite a busy job. And I'm, I look back on those years and I think oh, I should have appreciated having an afternoon off more than I ever did and I used to just try and get ahead of my readings all the time because I was a massive nerd so yeah. those yeah. things stand in good stead now so shouldn't have changed a thing <laughs> yeah I wish I wish I'd relaxed a bit more when I had the chance but otherwise it was great to be as involved as I was uh, I mean you're really testing my memory about uh, uni days look I, I, I think I mean um, people should do what they want to do at uni because it's so it's so open in terms of what you can do and whether it's societies or um, mooting or you know, extra readings as Amelia was doing and other things um, it, it's in a sense doing what you want to do um, now if you're asking me um, if I would have changed anything I mean I can't really remember um, and then thinking back to the beginning of your careers and obviously Amelia you've just started yours um, but what made you choose to study law at university like what got you to where you are now uh, it sounds like a trite thing to say because um, you know, people are like, I don't know how I ended up here. But I was one of those kids, um, I think I was in year six and I told my teacher I was going to be a barrister, which is really embarrassing. Um, but I, I always was very attracted to the idea because I loved English, um, building arguments. I loved studying history and law was such a perfect way to apply those skills of argumentation, um, logic, um, thinking through evidence and things like that. Um, and applying it in terms of public speaking and um, that performative element of, of law and strategy, which I always loved. And I was always very attracted to it. And going to law school was such a perfect confirmation of that because I just loved it right from the beginning. And I still love it. So, so it's not a very good, you know, I don't know how I ended up here. I was going to be a doctor or something. But I, was, I think I was always wanting to do law. So, Well, I mean, as you can probably tell from um, my physique, I was identified earlier as an <laughs> Olympic rower. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I thought, yeah, other than that option, uh, uh, the law might suit. Actually, to be honest, I didn't really um, have quite the same um, uh, understanding as to what I wanted to do as, as Amelia did. Like, in, from, from my perspective, it was very much, um, let's see what I'm doing. And when I got to uni, you know, there were things like, I know, should you be doing things like medicine, that type of thing, but that wasn't really you know, um, what I wanted to do. So you're sort of doing this combined degree. And when you're doing the combined degree, you're not entirely sure which of those things you might take. And, and even when you start and you sort of choose law, I didn't come here knowing, for example, that I was going to be in dispute. So it's, it's for me, it's been very much just um, seeing how things have played out. Okay, and for, for you both, you both studied an honours degree. Um, and what was that like? I'd imagine that there'd be more of a focus on research than a normal bachelor's. 
Uh, so I did my honours degree, um, I did a research thesis, um, which was a fantastic opportunity because I'd worked for Professor Rosalind Dixon as a research assistant and then we kind of worked together to develop this idea for my thesis and worked really closely with her and that has, I've been very lucky that that has turned into um, two publications that I've um, recently published. So it, it was an incredible experience in delving into a topic really deeply, having just by myself to think through the argumentation and it was constitutional law but also political theory which are two big passions of mine so I thought you know I'll get this out of the way before I start at HSF and might not be doing political theory anymore uh, so no I really enjoyed it and that has kind of yeah led me into some more academic work which has been a great outlet and kind of balance to everyday legal practice. Um, your honours degree experience? I think actually I mean I um, actually uh, and your listeners uh, <laughs> um, uh, I wasn't. I didn't go to uni in New South Wales, and at Sydney, um, the honours degree keeps shifting. And, yeah, I know. It's something I know you don't recognise it as a <laughs> as a, a degree, but um, uh, it, it, it still keeps changing. And when I was doing it, there was no separate honours degree. It, it um, people were were sort of um, got honours depending on how well they did at uni. So from my perspective, it was in a sense I was studying the things I was studying, but it wasn't then a separate you know, additional. Uh, course or anything like that. Um, back then, did either of, either of you imagine that you would be in the position that you are now, um, given that there are so many different pathways in the legal sphere and you did quite different degrees? Uh, I certainly didn't see myself at a big law firm like this. I, um, I'd always thought I would, because of my interest in public law, I always thought I would end up um, doing government legal jobs. And I also, um, a lot of my work at the Judicial Commission was focused on criminal law, and I always thought I was going to go into criminal law. Um, but through my work, I think as a research assistant, but also I just thought I would put my hand up for a clerkship and see how I went. I think I realised that I wasn't so much set on the type of law so much as the practice of law itself and some of those skills that I talked about that attracted me to law in the first place. Um, and legal practice was actually what I really loved. And I realised that practising law, especially you know high stakes litigation somewhere like here, is the best possible way to get that really great practice, to develop those skills. And when you're working with such brilliant people and you know learning your craft in that way, I realised that that was what I really loved as opposed to just the you know which legislation you're applying or which what the actual cases were about um and leave uh, in uni. yeah back in uni i did foresee that come about 2020 a pandemic would sweep the world and uh <laughs> there's would... a tweet to prove it <laughs> <laughs> no look I, I mean not not really like it, it's always hard to hard to know i certainly didn't think uh i would necessarily be at a law firm uh, like the, I didn't actually know sort of um, very much about law firms. So, you know, I almost picked uh, law firms based on, you know, what your friend said. And then in terms of even the area I've ended up in, in terms of law, that wasn't necessarily a, it wasn't a, 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 a deliberate choice I made right at the start of my career and, and the type of work I've done, that's also sort of evolved, yeah. Okay, um, perfect. So Leon, as your practice encompasses international arbitration and disputes, um, you work a lot with global clients. Have you ever worked overseas before, like for a period of time? I have. I um, worked in uh, New York for a while, uh, when um, for about a year or two, 
uh, and that was great. It was just the the um, the effect, actually the the effect of just living in New York was was fantastic. And then sort of working there was great. And when I was there, um, I was doing mostly international arbitration, largely because that meant I didn't have to sit the New York bar at that point in time. Uh, so that was great. And then in terms of since then. Uh, a lot of our clients are sort of, you know, either international clients or they got operations overseas, and so that's meant that we've you know, have to, had to travel overseas to sort of um, this was before sort of I guess COVID um, uh, see them or, or have hearings and that type of thing, and it's it's really interesting. Like I uh, um, a couple of years ago went to Korea to do a hearing, and I hadn't been to Korea before, and that was a really sort of interesting place. Um, but because of COVID, obviously yes. that has changed. So, has, yes. in in what way um, has it changed? Well, I think. Well, I mean, a lot of we've actually learned a lot about sort of uh, working remotely and and doing things by video and that type of thing, which has actually been pretty. I mean, I, I'm surprised at how, in some ways, how seamless that's been and and how quickly mm -hmm. people have adapted. And I mean, I think I mean Amelia will be able to comment on this. She started actually right in the middle of the pandemic. So, mm -hmm. as a, as a, as a grad, and sort of how that how you found that. Um, obviously, um, yeah, it was quite strange because it was just completely, I was just by myself and I think you miss a lot of, um, like obviously it was all fine, but it's so much better being back in the office as a junior person, I think, because you get to, you just pick up so much and you learn so much from being around people, even just sitting in, Leon often just lets me sit in meetings and just watch kind of how, you know, he runs client meetings and speaks with barristers and you can't really dial people into those meetings um, so much when you're working from home. So um, yeah, I, feel, I find it much easier to build a network and pick up a lot as a junior, but yeah, it, I, I was very lucky to know quite a lot of the people in my team when I joined the firm so that I kind of had those networks in place already. Um, and Amelia, your work on gender and the legal industry has been quite impressive. Um, how has your law school and legal research experience shaped your career choices? Yeah, so I was obviously very lucky to have the influence of Professor Rosalind Dixon, who I mentioned was my thesis supervisor, um, plus my, um, my employer as a as a research, well, I was her researcher, um, and she's the one that encouraged me to undertake this study as part of subject I was doing that went towards honours and undertook this study, um, ended up working into publication, and that kind of just led into this, um, you know, lots of different debates and issues and speeches I was able to do to kind of have, you know, broaden awareness around what I was identifying as potential gendered interruption um, issues. And so I think it was really important to me that, um, I mean, I didn't seek this out from Herbert Smith Rehills, but they definitely supported me very much in that being a passion of mine. Um, I never felt like I had to kind of keep that separate from the firm. They very much encouraged me. Um, I was actually invited to speak to the London Disputes Practice about my research, and they you know, started some of their own initiatives around interruption behaviour and making sure that junior women got the chance to speak in meetings and things like that. So it was amazing to see that kind of impact. The firm will, um, you know, help me in this big panel discussion that we had last year with a Victorian Supreme Court judge. So um, that's obviously just supporting me in my personal capacity. But I also see that the firm takes really seriously some of the things that I'm concerned about, like gender diversity, cultural diversity um, in the firm. And I'm really proud of that. Um, I don't feel like it's something they do for marketing purposes. Um, you know, you see some of the incredible women that are the leaders of this firm. So that, that was definitely a factor in me um, choosing to come here and, and staying here and feeling like I want to be part of kind of greater efforts, uh, things like the equitable briefing program as well that I'm quite closely involved in. Yeah, that's that's really important to be supported in um, your endeavours apart from your usual work as well. Exactly. Um, 
And as a vacation clock, you also had rotations in corporate law, um, M&A and takeovers. So what made you stick with disputes and commercial litigation over that? Um, I was working for a great partner there and I was very lucky at the, just with the timing because this new deal had come up so I got to be involved in all the, I got to go to this big meeting and um, it's so different in um, M&A because everyone's trying to work together obviously, like everyone wants to work together whereas in litigation, you know, we're, we're apart and we're constantly sending, you know, passive aggressive letters to each other so the whole dynamic on the other side was completely different and I really enjoyed that process of seeing um, we did a due diligence project and just kind of trying to figure out the ins and outs of this company in a short time. I found it all really interesting. Um, but I think probably the reason um, I chose litigation is because my passion is in, um, as I mentioned, I was always a massive law nerd at law school and I just love the cases and the kind of application of them, building up arguments, case theories. And that was what always kind of energized me most at work. And doing this case recently has definitely cemented that being my passion. So I think that's my home in the firm. Okay, um, and of course, after graduating, or even a little bit before that, there was the PLT experience. Um, so for both of you, what was that like? And do you have any advice for people going to partake in it? Well, it's quite straightforward here because, and I would definitely encourage people, this is one of the benefits of coming to a firm like this where it's all integrated because my PLT was just my normal work. Um, so I just kind of worked for three months or whatever it was and Leon just signed it off at the bottom saying that I'd done PLT. Um, and they kind of do run College of Law, so the, the theory side through the firm as well. So we have like our own tutor that does all our exams and everything. So it's all very smooth sailing. It's the best way to do it, I think. <laughs> I, I, I actually genuinely don't recall uh, my PLT training. I mean, I think it would have been pretty similar to that because I think it, you just do it here and someone's, it's actually, it's no different to if there were no PLT, you'd still be doing the same work. So I think yeah. it's, that's essentially what it is. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, the best thing about doing it in that practical way, because it's not like you're doing like fake, like fake mediation, you're actually doing doing one, <laughs> or preparing for a case, which is the best way to do it, obviously. And then Amelia, you also previously worked in the Judicial Commission um, of New South Wales. So what was that experience like? Yeah, that was a, such a fantastic job because I had it pretty much all throughout um, my law degree. And what we did was, it was mainly criminal law, but also some civil law. Um, it was reading cases to update the um, bench book. So the civil trials bench book, criminal trials bench book, sentencing bench book. There was a lot of um, review of sentencing decisions. So it just meant that by virtue of my work, I was completely across all the new decisions that came down. So I read all the high court cases. I read most of the court of criminal appeal cases. So I just um, it was just across what was happening, which was such a privilege and something that I kind of missed now I have to definitely go out of my way to make sure I read the new high court cases and things like that but it taught me such great skills in um, being able to read cases digest them um, put them in a form because you have to you know summarize these cases for one sentence to go into the bench book as a amongst all the other authorities so that was I think that skill has been so helpful in for example drafting research notes drafting submissions where you have to distill and then apply um, a case authority in that very concise way so if there are any jobs going, the Judicial Commission, you should all apply because it's such a great job to have during uni. Um, Leon, so what is it like as a practicing solicitor of the Supreme Court of New South Wales, the Federal Court of Australia, and also the High Court of Australia? Um, I guess that's interesting. I mean, I guess um, that's sort of the, the thing that you get when you sort of get your practicing certificate. So that in, in some ways, that's kind of, uh, I mean, I think the main difference, I guess, I suspect probably for 
people in the different um, groups, as in, say, disputes as compared to transactional groups, is that probably it's much more important for people in disputes groups to have those um, uh, you know, rights of audience and be able to practice in those courts because they you know, they might have to go there. Um, it's less of a day-to-day -day thing for people in corporate. Um, but, I mean, certainly as part of our, um, uh, when people come and they get admitted, then they get their practicing certificate pretty shortly thereafter and become admitted as solicitors. And so I think that, you know, for example, Amelia did that earlier this year as part of her, um, I guess, PLT and then straight into the admission. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about Free Hills now. So what made you both want to work at HSF and what is it like working here? So I think I um, touched on some of the things that I, um, the things that I mentioned earlier in terms of being very attracted to the commitment to diversity, supporting people in kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's used a lot, this phrase, but I actually, I really like it. Um, so I'm going to say it too, is that the, the support of people being their whole selves at work. I, I really like the sense that you don't have to be a certain type to work at HSF. Um, and that isn't also something that people just say at clerkship nights. I've definitely found that there's a whole variety of people who make up, who are all brilliant lawyers, but aren't a particular um, mould of people. Um, and I find that a really enriching workplace um, to be in, constantly challenged by different people, different views. Um, and I think that's a really valuable, especially being a junior lawyer, it's the best way to learn um, and to develop my skills. Um, another thing, and this isn't, you know, I, I never really believed this at, at Clerkship Nights. People were always said, it's a very flat structure. And I never knew what that <laughs> actually meant. Um, I was like, yeah, but I'm sure in my head, partners doors would always be closed. And, you know, you did your work, you sent it to a senior associate, they fixed it up and then they sent it on. Um, whereas my experience has been, you know, I work quite directly with Leon. I, you know, I get a huge amount of responsibility for someone who's only been a solicitor for a year. Um, well, sorry, I've only been a solicitor since January. I've been working in the team for a year. Um, and it's just been the best place to learn. Um, and also, I don't think it should be, you know, understated as well, that being at a, a firm like this, you do get the most interesting matters in my opinion because you know the, the type of clients that come to us with the scale of the problems that they have you really do see some really interesting legal problems and are helping clients through during really difficult times and that is I think has been really really interesting um, and just some of some of I think the best experiences I could possibly have in my first year of practice. And when you're talking about a flat structure you mean like a really integrated workplace where there's no particular hierarchy? Yeah, sorry, I just used the corporate speak as if it was, you know, <laughs> self-evident. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the the hierarchy is just uh, non-evident, I think. So, you know, just just previously we had the head of disputes, who's head of disputes, I think, for like the whole firm now. Universal. Universal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just coming around, like sitting on my desk, chatting with me, asking me what I was doing, chatting with Leon, um, being able just to speak directly um, with anyone in the firm. There's no sense that anyone is too low down in the hierarchy to be able to raise a question or to um, ask if they want to do a different type of work or a different matter or get involved. If you put yourself forward to get involved, people will always encourage that. And I just, I find that really, really great. The firm doesn't, even though the work we do is really serious, we don't take ourselves too seriously and never think that you know, anyone is beneath um, being able to be pushed forward. It's a very broad church, like I think it's often said, like mm. here, like there's, as Amelia says, there's such a, a, a huge variety of people, uh, all like, I mean, really amazing lawyers, and you get a chance to, to work with all of them, but you also get like, um, I mean, I think you get, the main thing I think particularly um, in terms of the work we do is you, you get challenged 
um, but you're also supported in, in, mm. in what you do. So you are, and I think that's a really important thing like that because I mean, when you're sort of um, um, developing your skills, you want to be challenged. You don't want to be doing the same thing all the time. And um, it's, I think it, it's always been, to my sort of um, knowledge and observation, such a meritocracy in terms of people being given the opportunity to do things and if they can do those things and that if they can um, show they can take that take on that responsibility then th they get given that chance and I mean you yeah. know Amelia has been here for um, as she said about a year and um, she's um, done the most sort of uh, amazing job with what she's done. She's been in court um, instructing. Um, she's been help, helping to draft submissions for for, 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 for really significant matters. Um, and you know, it, it's all about sort of being able to to to, to get involved in all those things. And and as Mila said, there's there's not sort of um, people. We don't view things as oh, this person's a third-year lawyer. So that means that this these are the types of things they they should be doing. It's really mm. more about well, what's the best people what's the best team for this and making sure that everyone's involved okay and then what is the hsfication program like and what is your advice for those wanting to apply oh i can probably i can speak from the um <laughs> applier <laughs> and leon can talk about what he looks for when people um are applying so yeah as i mentioned i kind of never saw myself um, working at a big firm and I just thought all my friends were doing it so I should probably put some applications in um, and the vacation clerk program was just amazing because as a clerk you get to just everyone make sure you do all the interesting work um, which is not to say that my work isn't always interesting now but you know they take you to the most interesting client meetings and make sure you get to see the kind of best of everything and um, so I mean I was doing things I never thought I would be doing so I worked in Graham Johnson's team who has a specialty in public law and we were drafting this public law advice challenging a piece of legislation with a top writing to a top barrister and that was my first day I was helping draft this advice um, I was like, wow this is amazing <laughs> and you know and then in corporate they were taking me along to all these high-flying meetings you know I remember being in a boardroom at Kingwood Mallison's being like yeah, get me another coffee I was like felt like a high flyer um, so no it was an incredible experience and also that's another thing not to underestimate is um, the networks that you build, the people around you, especially working in this job, which can be you know quite challenging at times, having really great friends um, around you. A lot of the friends that I made during my clerkship program are now some of my closest friends that I work with on Leon's team as well. Um, so building those friendships was really important. Um, I think, yeah, my best advice to people applying would just be um, not to self-exclude from anything on the basis that you don't think that you fit the, the type of a particular firm or you don't have the relevant experience or you don't know what a spar is or whatever. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if you're passionate um, and you can demonstrate your passion, you, you're interested in law, you're interested in putting yourself forward, um, just do it. Um, because I think, uh, I, I mean, I haven't been on the, the person interviewing, but if you can, I, I always think that showing passion and demonstrating that is one of the best things you can be as a clerk, because you know, you, you're not coming as a fully formed lawyer, coming as someone to gain those experiences. Yeah, so coming in with a learning mindset and showing that exactly. you, you want to do everything that they give you. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so from the other end, from... Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that's sort of, um, I mean, that's, I agree with all that. I mean, it's, I think we're really sort of, um, when we're um, interviewing Clark, we are, certainly I am, looking for people who we think have the potential to have really great careers 
at HSF. I mean, that's what we're looking for. I mean, the clerkship itself is a relatively short period, but we're looking for people who we think these people can really be, have great long careers here, and that's what we're really sort of recruiting for. And the clerkship is, isn't a, is a is a period to allow them to gain some experience, get to know the firm, allow the firm to get to know them. But we're really looking for people, and as, as Amelia says, I mean, at that level, no one's looking for particular legal skills or particular legal knowledge. But I think if if you're if people we're looking for people who you know enthusiastic, who are open to new challenges, who are open to to learning, who are open to to just getting involved, and and, and I think that's really the main thing. And 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 you see some of the most um, amazing sort of CVs and the most amazing people when you interview them, you sort of think to yourself, had I been if I were now on the other side, I wouldn't get a job because these people have done so many things. Um, but. Uh, it, it's those people and, and then you sort of see when they start and you know people like Amelia who come along and they're absolutely amazing as graduates and, and as solicitors because they've got that same mindset to, to how they approach their work and, and how they approach you know the, the way they do things and you've got a whole you know lots of people with with that type of mindset. Yeah so being more future forward looking and seeing whether this person can grow with HR. Yeah exactly you're looking to see whether um, these people are people who you can see being part of you know your team the group more generally that's that's what you're really looking for. Um, And as a global law firm what do you think makes HSF stand out amongst the other law firms? I think Leanne's probably a better place to answer that. I haven't worked at any other (laughs) law firm, so I'm not really sure. Well, I've only worked at one other law firm when I was um, working overseas. But look, I I think sort of HSF is um, quite unique in some ways because it's got a very big uh, and very strong practice here in Australia, but it's also got all these offices um, across the Asia Pacific, in London, in, in the US, that type of thing. And I think what that means is it, it really makes it very seamless in terms of if you're giving advice or working for clients these days and you're trying to deal with issues which have got international dimensions, it's much easier you can say to the client, well, this is um, these are the issues you're going to face here in Australia, here in Hong Kong, uh, here in Singapore, and you're doing that in, in a single advice rather than trying to coordinate amongst different law firms. And I think mm-hmm. it's very much the same thing for, you know, our lawyers who uh, a lot of whom you know work interstate, work overseas. It's 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 a much easier thing to to, to manage. So I think um, from that perspective, it really is sort of a, a great sort of. Um, it's sort of a great mix of, of, of those things. Amelia, what do you think would be the thing that stands out the most from um, other law firms? Of course, you said that you haven't been to others, but yeah. um, your opinion working at HSF? Just to the best of your knowledge, Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think all the things that I mentioned earlier about what attracted me to HSF um, is why I chose it. So that would certainly be the attributes that stand out. Um, but I definitely support the point about the integration of the global aspect. So, for example, um, when I did that speech last year about the interruptions paper, a Melbourne partner watched my speech and then contacted me and said, do you think you could speak to my old office, which was in London? And then the London Disputes Group, I spoke to them um, and then I spoke to his Melbourne team. Um, and it felt like, you know, because we're all like on the same network, it felt like a completely integrated thing. And they, they're all my colleagues now and I stay in contact with all of them. Um, so I really felt like I was part of that kind of global network at that point in time. I also did a pro bono research project last year um, with the London office because they were conducting an inquiry into administrative law and they were using Australia as a comparison. So they immediately contacted us and said, do you want to make a submission about you know, how your administrative decisions, judicial review act works? 
Um, so I worked with um, some other solicitors in our team to do that. And once again, that was a completely seamless process. So you definitely feel the benefit of working within this. Um, not only do you have all the excellent lawyers in our Sydney office, but in Australia and um, worldwide. So I feel very lucky to be part of that network. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, and lastly, a piece of advice to give to law students or aspiring law students. Oh, I look forward to hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, once again, it's what I said before. I think it's um, finding your passion. So um, don't just do law because you think that, you know, it looks good on a CV or it's a, you know, an ad hoc thing to your other degree. I think that at least I see myself very much as part of a profession and that means a lot to me to be a professional in the law. And I think that comes with a sense that you need to feel like, you know, you're part of it. Um, you have a passion for, for studying it, but also practicing it. And if you can find that passion and pursue it, um, then I think it's a, one of the most wonderful careers you can have. So um, just keeping yourself open-minded to those, every opportunity that you can take to pursue that passion would be my advice. I think that's right. I mean, you have to take the opportunity and you have to make the most of the opportunities you get. So it's, um, you know, things uh, come up and, and, you know, in terms of areas of law, I think, I think people shouldn't get too hung up about trying to work out what particular area of law they mm. want to be in or, or what types of work they want to do when they start because you really, it's, you really just don't know um, until you've actually had the experience. And, and you, even if you've studied the subject at law school, until you've done it in practice, you, you just won't know what it's like and, and, and whether you'll like it. So I think, as Amelia says, be very open to those things, be very open to the opportunities, and also um, just really uh, learn from and speak to all the other people that you know, um, particularly if you start at a law firm like this, mm. talk to people and, and see what that, their experiences are like. And I think that really gives you a really good sense as to as to um, what you might want to do? Um, because of course the legal profession can be incredibly rewarding and there's so many different paths can, that people can take. So definitely being open to experiences will enrich the general, um, the general experience of doing law or practicing law eventually. Well, thank you so much to you both for um, your time today, Leon and Amelia. So hear, hearing your perspectives and also your stories has been immensely rewarding and we are grateful to be able to gain a better understanding of HSF.